Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran. Now, we're going to just uh, cast our minds back to a few weeks ago when a number of very enthusiastic students and their teacher um, uh, popped into studio with me because they were about to head to Zambia. Time has flown by because they've been to Zambia and they're back. And I've got Callum. Good morning to you, Callum. Morning, Alan. I've got Tyrion. Good morning, Tyrion. Morning, Alan. And I've got the Moon Tour, Christine. Good morning to you, Christine. How are you? Yeah. So uh, I'll come to you first off, Callum. So off to Zambia, you went. How many of you? Uh, There was, I believe, 16 students and uh, four teachers, including the the principal. Right. Okay. And what was the whole uh, experience like for you, Ryan? Uh, It was a fantastic experience. I suppose life-changing would be one way to put it. We we all had a great time, like we all had great fun, but to experience life there firsthand, being with the children and um, seeing how the school and stuff is run over there, it's um, it's a really great experience to, to see what it's like out there. And we'll talk to you more about what the actual experience was like, but Christine, the actual logistics of trying to get this every, every one of you across in the first place to financially raise the money mm. to do it, and then when you got there, what you had to do when you got there. But first of all, let's go back to how, how difficult it was to even arrange this in the first place. Yeah, well, this is it. So I suppose the work is going on for well over a year at this stage, Alan. Um, we did interviews, first of all, with the boys, um, and there was 30 lads who were interested in travelling so that started nearly a year and a half ago and then the 16 um, boys were picked from that group and then it was booking flights and booking buses and um, the accommodation and so on and then each of the boys had to um, raise their own money as well to pay for their flights and their accommodation and so on as well as the group fundraising we did to bring the money over um, to Sables New and for Zambia Ireland so an awful lot of work has gone on in the background I suppose for the last year and a half nearly. And how much money would you have had to raise uh, Callum to uh, uh, well, individually we raised two grand each and then altogether I think we raised it was about 21,000 for the, the general pot. That's not including the two grand that we raised just to send us over there. That was kind of just for the charity and the school and that yeah. kind of stuff. So you had to prepare for this and you were preparing non-stop for it and then the actual time came. The actual journey itself to Zambia, how long does it take, uh, uh, Ryan? Uh, it's a good 24 hours anyway. Is it? Um, yeah, about seven and a half to Dubai. We had an eight-hour stopover then and another about seven and a half again. Right. So, Zambia. contrast what you saw when you got to... Had you ever been in Dubai before? No. Half of Wexford is over there, by all accounts. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's mini Wexford, from, from what I'm told. So, first of all, you're, when you, you reach Dubai and you suddenly see this vast uh, area that everyone is talking about, and then you go to Zambia. So, first of all, what was Dubai like for you? A short visit. Yeah, it was, so we just stayed in the airport um, when we were so there. So you didn't get any flavour of it all? Oh, well, there was plenty to see there as well. Um, the, the duty-free and everything was was huge. We all had a good look around there. Yeah. And um, it was definitely different from what you'd see here in Dublin Airport. But then the contrast in the Zambian airport then yeah. is at the complete other end of the scale. Talk to me about uh, arriving in Zambia, what you expected to see and then what it was actually like. What was it like, uh, Ryan? Um, I expected kind of, I wasn't expecting anything great uh, regarding the airport and everything, as you can imagine. Um, Kind of, I was kind of expecting just a small area where you'd walk into, maybe get your passport and stuff checked. It was actually a bit better than I was expecting. Yeah. There was the airport was um, reasonably good, and there was good infrastructure regarding that uh, sense. So we went in, and 
uh, got our passports and stuff checked and then we got picked up our luggage we all had 46 kg of donated luggage that we brought over with us so we had to collect all that and then sorted out uh, money and stuff like that at the Bjorda Change in the airport. I think that's where the fun actually started. So when we went out along with our 46 kgs and then each student had a 10 kg bag, there was two what we call minibuses here waiting for us. Um, so all the bags and ourselves were packed onto the two um, small minibuses and we headed on our way which took I think three, four hours to get to Cabway mm. from Lusaka and we were all wedged in between these um, these cases and bags and so was it very warm? Very, well it was warm that night now we arrived into the airport around kind of 7 o'clock so you know it was after cooling down but most days were around 28-30 degrees but we were all very glad to um, to see our lodge oh, by the sure. time we got there that night in between all the bags. <laughs> oh, Callum what was your first impression of Zambia? Uh, well I, I, I remember instinctively now we were, we were driving and we never actually came through the city of Lusaka but when we hit the roads it's the road goes through the whole of Zambia uh, but it, it's not a great road at that but then you look to the sides and what really shocked me is you see on uh, all these documentaries, you see what I noticed is the, the kind of the trees that you see, you know, the typical African trees, you see them and, and then when you get into, there's a little small stop towns, I suppose you call them, but it's just a, a couple of shacks really and what I noticed, what was really mental was that uh, all the ground was dust and I remember we got out uh, to go to the toilet and we stepped out and all you could hear was crunch and when you look below your feet, the whole of the side of the path was just plastic bottles he couldn't even see it was just covered in dust and then every single town you come to there's children sitting there with fruit and trying to sell things to you and it was just if the, if the car ever if the the bus ever stopped they'd come running up to you begging to try and sell I remember actually when we were leaving uh, we pulled over to the side of the road uh, I think the bus driver wanted to buy fish and I mean we got surrounded the whole bus by people trying to sell us fish and um, when we were driving through the, the, the towns and the cities, it was just constant people trying to buy stuff off us. And they, they, these aren't expensive items, these are fruits and all. And, and there's, ah, you can just tell that they're not really too great off. Like, that's where they get their money from. And there's yeah. people driving past them. It's just, it's just there's so much were, poverty. Were they happy people? What was the sense? Was it friendly? I've never met people so grateful in my life, especially really? when we uh, came into the school. The children were, we walked in and they treated us like celebrities. Um, and like it was, it was unbelievable. Uh, it, it was like we actually, the, my, it was my favorite moment on the whole trip. We we were coming back from a match, and our bus broke down. And we were there was two buses. There was uh, we were we brought some of the primary school children, and our bus broke down. And it was the middle of the night, and pitch black. And if their bus had broke down, we would be really annoyed, and we'd be thinking, "Ah, here we have to stop for these." I know we didn't really know them at the time, and but it was our bus who broke down, and they got out. And they start singing and dancing. Mm-hmm. And in a petrol station, for while our wheel was getting changed, we just sang and danced and talked for, I mean, the bones of an hour, an hour and a half. How and did you communicate? <coughs> what was what was the language, Christine? Um, so their, <coughs> excuse me, their native language is Bemba, but within the school they're taught um, through English. So the kids in the school and the teachers' English is very, very good. When you go outside of the school, I suppose, and like um, Callum was talking about the markets and when the bus would stop along the way and people would come running over to their English now wouldn't be um, very good. But there's no language barrier really within, within the school at all. Yeah. Some of the street children, so so um, the school 
acts as a drop-in centre and some of the street children um, that come in, their English probably wouldn't be as good um, but the kids in general, there was no no right. language barrier at all. I love the way you've described it, Callum. Now I'm going to see can re- re- match <laughs> it in his description. So you've talked about that one bus journey, but you actually did building work as well, didn't you? Or did you? Um, well, the the story with the building work was we were we planned originally when we went out to work on a day hospital mm. out there and with um, regards trying to get planning and things like builders and stuff like that we weren't able to to work on that specific project but we did a lot of work within the school a lot of maintenance work like painting um, painting the surrounding walls and the playground equipment which was starting to rust uh, we would have built two footpaths um, we uh, put down their at their water stations where they washed their hands in the mornings. We put down curbs and uh, stones so their feet wouldn't get wet. And then we also digged out. Uh, we dug out the um, the foundations for the the next uh, building project that they'd have on site. So you did work hard. Yeah, we got plenty done in fairness. Um, uh, where was what was accommodation for you? Where did you stay? We stayed in a place called uh, Diaconia Lodge, about ten minutes away from the school, and. It was a bit of a shock for us when we arrived, to say the least. Why? Um, it wouldn't be typically what most of us would expect of, of accommodation now. Um, just uh, regarding cleanliness and facilities in the place and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a few fellas freaking out over Wi-Fi. Um, <laughs> and spiders. And spiders <laughs> and, and, and water Same. and mosquito nets and... Yeah, like did you have to get the shots before you went in the first place? Yeah, had to get all the all the vaccines to yeah. keep us keep us safe, and we were on malaria tablets. Did you all stay tablets. well? Did any of you manage to? Did any of the lads get sick? All stayed well? No, all was good. Thank God. Um, yeah. We were yeah. very lucky for a group of twenty. There was nobody nobody sick at all. But the lads were fantastic, Alan. Do you know I couldn't couldn't mm. um, commend them enough for their hard work and even their um, enthusiasm all the time. No matter what you ask them to do, um, they were happy to. And yeah. it wasn't just the building work, it was even playing with the kids in the afternoons once they'd right. done their work and so on. Um, do you know, everyone was in great form every day, which is, you know, great for 18 days of tough, tough work, including the teachers. The lads mightn't agree, but even we were in great form for <laughs> 18 days. Yeah, you, you've described, uh, Callum, you described that bus journey and how the bus broke down, you got off and you sang and you danced. And I can get that picture of, of Zambia and, and this story happening but did did you get a chance to go and see other parts of the country as well and if so did you go into rural Zambia and if so what was that like? Yeah so basically the kind of town city whatever you call it, it's called a city where we were staying in Cabway, um, there was parts that were nice of course but then it was the outsides of it, uh, we did home visits and uh, went to it's a compound or a slum called Makalulu and now this is, this is the Zambia, this is the Africa that you see on the telly these are the houses that are compiled together and uh, I know from my experience at a home visit uh, it's generally it's a, the, my house was lucky that it actually have brick walls and a steel corrugated roof although there was holes actually all three of us mm. went to the same house there was holes in the roof and then uh, in the steel corrugated roof and obviously water would obviously leak through there but I know some of the other lads they went to different houses and there was mud huts and uh, it, it's just pure poverty and they had an outside toilet and I remember looking at it when I was walking out it was generally just two brick walls uh, uh, or three brick walls and one at the back has a hole in it mm. and that actually led out onto the path that was behind and that's obviously where all their 
we'll, uh, things would go. Uh, and then in front of it was two um, kind of, not curtains, but cotton drapes kind of. And there was just a hole in the middle of them. Yeah. And you could see straight in. And that's that was their toilet. And then this, the houses were so dark and it, they don't look, they look bad from the outside, but we'd gotten used to them from seeing these on the side of the road. But when you step inside, it's a different story. It's just, the Makalulu as a whole, it is genuinely everything you see on the telly and so much more. It right. was a serious, serious shock. But I think did it was... It, did it get very cold at night? Um, it did actually, yeah. Uh, like it was, since the sun was went down at about half four, maybe five, it got dark very, very quickly. Um, that like we were, I'd woke up several mornings in, in shivers when we were waking up at about five or six o'clock, and it was generally colder than. Mm. And that's in a, a, a lodge, that's in a place that's well built. I can only imagine what it'd be like for those in mud huts and brick houses and that, that are very poorly built with no doors or windows or anything like that, just cuts in the walls. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I've spoken to students before uh, and they've described I think the, the students I spoke to last were in Africa and, and they talked about how even like they, what you described the clothes were still pristine white and even though they had very little they, they still maintained really good sanitation as best they could in the circumstances for you Reen, was it the life changing experience you thought it would be? Definitely and um, I think just spending time in the in the school, um, specifically with the with the children, it was um, yeah. It, you and then, and friends then, for life. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then going to like the house that we went to, like Callum was saying, on the home visit was um, it wasn't uh, what we would consider a house um, of of our standards. It was very poorly built and. Um, they they had no resources there, like no running water or anything like that. Mm. Um, and when we were going there on the bus, a student got off with us. So to see that these were the homes that the students we were spent living. every day with were living in. So and you've come home to your folks now and you've said to them, I really am glad to be home. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think we all <laughs> appreciate it. More appreciation of what definitely, you have. Definitely, 100%. Yeah. We all, um, like on the way home, we were all saying... Like how much we appreciate everything much more, and yeah, uh, a few of us even said that we'd like to go back again or do some kind of work similar to it. Well, radio is all about painting pictures, and you've taken us to Zambia. I've just been listening to you spellbound, and Siobhan has been listening to you as well in, in the studio beside me here. And we're spellbound by the way you've described it because your powers of description are fantastic. And Christine, uh, as a teacher in the extra CBS, you should be immensely proud of these two young um, men and yeah. also of all the other students. Yeah, can as I well. actually just give a shout out, Alan, to all the can, other yeah. students? So, um, as the boys said, there were 16 students, including um, these two here, Reen Joyle and Callum Pierce. And then the other boys were Jara Brown, Jamie Clancy, Rory Clancy, Daniel Obana, Rory Donahue. Owen Dean and Kieran Dooley, JP Fielding, James Hegarty, David McDonough, Andrew O'Brien, Duncan O'Callaghan, Alex Godframe, and Killian White. Yeah. Um, and they did such great work for over a year and a half. And, and I believe the John was with you as well. The John was with us. So, John Howland, uh, otherwise known as the John, yeah. <laughs> the question um, is, did he find any hurlers for St. Martin? Oh, we found a few hurlers over there, lads. Yeah. 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 There was yeah. a few who weren't actually bad, yeah. There was yeah. a box of hurls and slitters over there, and we made good use of them while we were yeah. out there. Yeah, we did, to be fair. In fairness, so I think some of the 
some of the hurlers over there have better skills than the 16 hurlers we brought with us. So um, if, if St. Yeah. Martin's have a Zambian centre back in the <laughs> Well, we found a Martin's jersey over there as oh, well, actually, one day on one of the, one of the, the students over there. there. Listen, thanks so much for joining us in studio, lads. Well done. Thank you. Thank you, Alan. I hope many more students from schools across the, the, the county yeah. get the chance to benefit like you guys have from that wonderful initiative. And thank you for sharing it with us this morning. Thanks, Alan. Thank, thanks, Alan. thank you very much. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views.